Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I googled Oklahoma. Oklahoma is a state in the United States. Is it? <laughs> Go figure. Is that where it came from? Uh, I hate Oklahoma. Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theater Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with juice and jazz hands. Jimmy's doing jazz hands right now. You can't see this because yes, we're in audio format. And jazz can hands. You hear them? Can you hear them? Listen, listen really hard. <laughs> you can hear the joy. Ridiculous if jazz hands made noise. Uh, what, are you, what are you drinking today, Jimmy? Uh, well, today I'm drinking a liter of Havana rum. Ooh. A whole I, liter. I was going to make a, a dulce de leche. Um, but I didn't, I didn't have any rum, so I'm drinking a uh, mimosa, in fact. Well, that's fine. That's equally classy. <laughs> Isn't it? I wonder why we're drinking them. Should huh? we find out? <laughs> I would love to, as if I don't know. So, yeah. Uh, our quiz question last week was, when a recent revival of this musical that we're about to talk about was performed on the Tony Awards... The performer's microphone failed almost immediately. During the telecast, you can overhear a tech person say, Am I going with it? I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. Before he runs on with a replacement handheld microphone. What musical was that? The fabulous Guys and Dolls. Hey! Yes, sir! When you see a guy reach for stars in the sky, you can bet that he's doing it for some dolls. When you spot a John waiting out in the rain, chances are he's insane as only a John can be for a Jane. When you meet a gent paying all kinds of rent for a flat that could flatten a Taj Mahal. Call it sad, call it funny, but it's better than even money. That black guy's only doing it for some dollars. What a travesty that to me. Oh man, I like wanted just watching the whole thing. I wanted to crawl up into a ball. It'll be if you go into the show notes. This video will be the first thing. But it's uh, it's, it's so good. <laughs> I think it's Titus Burgess, isn't it? Of it's the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Exactly. Exactly. He's nicely nice. Andromedon himself. And just God love him. Like oh man, and he goes with an it. amazing feat. He absolutely does. Like unfazed. Like not because was he up for anything? Was he up for any awards? <sighs> I don't know. He may any have been up for supporting cast like that. that year. This was was like the late '90s or early 2000s revival. 2009. Nah, <laughs> nah. It only got two noms. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't think the the 2009 version did very well. Yeah. Um, I'm very partial to the Nathan Lane. Um, yeah. 2000. No, 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 no. 1992. Two. Yeah. Nathan Lane, Peter Gallagher, Faith Prince. Uh, uh what's his name? J.K. Simmons. Yeah, I think for our contemporary world that we live in that seems to be like the guys and dolls yeah that's your go-to guys and dolls that one for sure so what what on earth is guys and dolls thomas what is this what is this enigma (laughs) guys and dolls is the kind of musical you watch and you're like oh i recognize this this is a musical um Mm -hmm. because it pioneered i think so many plot points and things that are just standard in musical theater now but it's the the story of Nathan Detroit and Sky Masterson, who are part of the gambling underworld of New York City in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan Detroit runs the oldest established permanent floating craps game in New York. Gotta love it. And because the heat is on and the cops are out looking for him, he can't find a place to hold the craps game. 
Oh, no! And he gets into a bet with Sky Masterson to raise the money for the craps game, and hilarity ensues. Exactly. I know, it's quite, it's quite interesting, because it obviously takes place in this, like you say, CD underworld of gambling yeah. and corruption and crime and you can't get like a happier lighter musical i've had this discussion um back when we were trying to pick a middle school musical because it's hard to right. find a musical that is like you know really really appropriate for sixth seventh and eighth graders um and one of the things someone brought up was like guys and dolls guys and dolls is easy and i was like they're gangsters Mm-hmm. One of the characters has a song where she gets drunk. They're gambling and running from the cops. I mean, yep. I don't think people will object to us doing Guys and Dolls, but let's not pretend that this is equally appropriate. <laughs> this is happening exactly. But it is. It's that's the thing. Is it is so? I don't know. I, I like you say. I wouldn't be phased. No. It's that. It's that sense of it, it will go above everyone's heads. You know. Yeah. Dolce de Leche is as innocent as it comes, <laughs> and. Yep. You know, she's just merry with the the Cuban with the, the lifestyle, Cuban atmosphere. <laughs> like, yeah, and who would it be? You know, yeah, it, it's it's amazing how often it gets produced. I mean, Guys and Dolls. You know, this is I think in my I a lot of people point to Oklahoma as the birth of musical theater. Mm-hmm. I think in many ways, Guys and Dolls, Guys and Dolls gave us the musical theater we know today. Mm-hmm. Like it is. When, how far apart were they? They weren't that far apart. Oklahoma came out in nineteen forty three. Guys and Dolls came out in 1950. So we're talking seven years. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's decent. But where, yes. where Oklahoma pioneered the like songs related to the musical genre, Guys and mm-hmm. Dolls solidified it. Guys and Dolls was the musical where every song was absolutely motivated by the plot and had to be sung yeah. by a particular character. And I think as well, like a really nice range of comedy that's actually funny mm-hmm. and like excitement that's actually exciting it's so it's still entertaining i think guys and dolls yeah has just sustained through you know we're what 60 70 years later right still just as funny yeah and i think that's it is you know anytime you go see guys and dolls you know you're gonna go and you're gonna have a good time yeah catchy music catchy plot funny jokes Good characters. As I think for, for some of the R&H musicals mm-hmm. around the same time, because some of them are South Pacific as well, there's kind of some nonsense you have to wade through. Yeah. But it's a bit, it's a bit wady. Yeah. You know? For sure. Um, but like, Guys and Dolls doesn't have a dream ballet. It does doesn't not. have any like... It has a crap shooter's ballet. It has a crap shooter's ballet, so which is fabulous. <laughs> and incorporated into the plot, like, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it does it. It does it well. Yeah. It does it very, very well. I got the horse right here, the name is Paul Revere And here's the guy that says if the weather's clear Can do, can do This guy says the horse can do If he says the horse can do Can do, can do What I want to know mm-hmm. is, or what I want to know what you think Is how, like, how did that happen? Because obviously the people behind it mm-hmm. Weren't necessarily the most experienced in terms of Broadway like so it, it, it just kind of pops out at least from my understanding uh it's a bit of an accident but yeah. frank frank lesser yeah. uh who you should know about if you don't and you're a musical theater fan i think he's one exactly. of the lesser names that people names. don't toss around as much yeah um but guys and dolls and how to succeed in business without really trying are his two big things frank lesser was wor- working on guys and dolls with a, a guy named joe swirling who was working on yeah. the book and Joe dropped out or didn't finish. Um, yeah, it just seemed like it, it wasn't suitable. I don't really know what the conversations were. But... Yeah, but from, from all accounts, the show wasn't gelling. Joe dropped out and they were left with basically lesser songs and no plot or book. And then A. Burroughs swings in and basically writes a book around the songs yeah and this is how the accidental you know music book integrated musical (laughs) kind of solidified and i think that's it is because these songs existed together it wasn't like a cole porter where you're bringing in his back catalog that we're trying to shoehorn right like they were all they were a collective yeah so therefore it's much easier then to go and write a book about things that relate to each other exactly you know because you've got you've got that through thought already so it was kind of yeah like a happy accident Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank goodness it happened. Thank goodness. What is Guys and Dolls based on, 
Um, I d- don't know much about this, but it's based on a series of short stories by Damon Runyon. Uh huh. Have you have you read have you read the one that it's actually based on? I actually haven't read any of them at all. Have you? Yeah, it's it's really good fun. Like it's so <laughs> it's so funny because it's if you know guys and dolls and you read the short story, it's just so interesting how mm-hmm. that vernacular that like gangster vernacular oh yeah is is a proper it's a proper thing a lot of it goes over my head and a yeah. lot of the words that they use <laughs> i'm just like i have no idea what that could even possibly refer to in just for the <laughs> um but yeah really, really nice so basically it's, it's um only the story of uh sky masterson who in in the short story is called the sky mm-hmm. which i don't know whether that's intentional to read like this guy uh-huh but it does, and I think that's cool. But he's called <laughs> this guy because he's like nothing. You can't get any higher or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, and it's about how uh, he travels around hotels gambling, uh-huh. um, and he's like the best gambler. And so he's read all these bibles. Um, and he obviously comes across uh, Sarah Brown, and he gets the bet, exact same as the show, where it's like, oh, I bet you can't get this girl, and then you know happiness ensues like we say it's 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 good fun it's it's definitely worth a read it's actually like it's really well written yeah in the same way that guys and dolls is it's very it's very proper yeah you know you're not you're not finding any darkness and seediness again here mm-hmm. uh it's just very, it's just a nice read just good old fashioned fun yeah but i do wonder right like in in the context of the 50s yeah like was this in any way cd like were people shocked well, I, I can't work and out that's the crazy thing about this musical i think this might be i'd have to look detailedly but this is one of this is certainly the first musical on the show we've talked about that is contemporary to the time it premiered in so guys and dolls is set in the 50s and came out in the 50s which is a, like it's still hard for me to wrap my mind around, you know, because Guys uh-huh. and Dolls just feels like a period piece, but yeah, it's not it's not a period piece, which is weird. And I do I do wonder that, like, how did people in the fifties perceive this? What could basically be some sort of extension of what is happening in New York? And like, um, cer- can, certainly, can it's I a just, heightened can I just version. Pause of it. before we get into a deep conversation. Yeah. Are you sure it's not set in the thirties? <laughs> No, I'm positive it's set in the 50s. Because the stories were set in the 30s. Just, I could see us no. getting into a so, really good okay. conversation. Um, this is the crazy thing about the setting of Guys and Dolls. The stories mm-hmm. were written in the 30s, mm-hmm. but the show is filled with anachronisms that would put it in the 50s. Right, okay. And okay. so it's this weird kind of combination of the stuff going on in the 50s and the, the 30s gangster world that it's set in. Um, right okay so yeah it's like a weird it's almost like uh its own pocket of time yeah exactly like there's people have done all sorts of research into this about like you know what the requirements are for eloping when you don't need to get the blood test in maryland and things like that and like that went away in 1939 um and you know like late 40s early 50s but really really blurry on time period yeah yeah because that's the thing is like i can't i mean it might just be my lack of knowledge but i didn't think there were like gangsters in i mean 1950s new york but like certainly not to the extent of like you know bugsy malone like that era and i think there's a, like um what's the guy who says he's from chicago from big julie yeah does he say he's from, from cicero Illinois. I think that was another uh, thing yeah, I read that like wherever he's uh-huh. from didn't exist until the <laughs> mid forties, and so like it's you know clearly we're not doing dramaturgical research anyway on this yeah. sort of thing. Oh, of course, of course. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the thing is like y- you wouldn't just hop down to Havana. Yeah, I don't think in the thirties with such ease as they do. Like <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> I mean, like how do so, they? Yeah we're, yeah, we're taking some license here. So there we go. That's that's interesting. I never really thought of that in my head. It's just. It's always been in the 30s and I've just taken, I've accepted everything that's happening around no, me. No, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's, it's, I guess it's kind of duly set in the 30s and the 50s. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a place they made together. So yeah, I guess in, in that respect then, it probably would be quite fun and acceptable yeah. because you're seeing all these things that you're, you know about, mm-hmm. but it's almost this parallel universe where you right know, where you know still run the world exactly well and it's it's so heightened you know no one i don't think anyone leaves guys and dolls thinking like wow 
New York sure has a crime problem. Like, <laughs> like literally, if that was the crime problem in New York, I would be so happy. Oh, it'd be great. Everyone Wouldn't would it? be dancing in the sewers. We'd just be have the best. Yeah, exactly. Just roll with <laughs> some dice. Oh. There are well-heeled shooters everywhere, everywhere. There are well-heeled shooters everywhere. And an awful lot of lead is for the fellow who can get us. Bob Fosse calls it the greatest American musical of all time. Bob Fosse calls this the greatest American musical of all time. I agree with him. Do you? See, it leaves it leaves me conflicted because often, yeah. you know, Bob Fosse is my leader, my <laughs> my lord and master. Um, and I therefore have to agree to him on every point. But I don't know if I do agree. Yeah? What? I don't know what my answer would be. Okay. But, what's, but that doesn't so mean I need to agree. What's, what's holding you back about calling it the greatest American musical of all time? Of all time. It's the of all time thing. Because we're now... It, today, uh-huh. I feel that there are, there are weaker moments. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I don't think it's a flawless musical. Yeah, that's true. And I feel I would need a flawless musical to... to uh, to be able to exist to adopt that title. I, I, again, I don't know what I would say. It would I be. would say if you ask me again in 50 years, right. it might be a close race between Guys and Dolls and Hamilton. Um, right. Okay. But it, you know, Guys and Dolls had like where our contractually obligated Hamilton section, <laughs> get ready. Um, where Hamilton has catchy songs and songs that are, you know, exciting and fun. They still do not compare to sit down, you're rocking the boat, luck right. be a lady tonight. Yeah. Like, you know, we are having pop stars sing some Hamilton songs because the musical is great, but mm-hmm. we're not going to have, like, how many people have covered luck be a lady tonight in the yeah. past couple of decades? Yeah. No one I'm is just... going to be covering the room where it happens in 30 years, <laughs> right. you know? Um, yeah, it's just it's one of those ones that everyone everyone knows. Yeah, everyone knows that reference. They even if they don't know every single word to the song. Yeah, they still like if you say "Oh, luck be a lady," you get this idea. Oh yeah, you're talking about gambling. You're talking mm-hmm. about, I, you know, I mean, gangsters. Yeah, yeah, I've got that vibe. Yeah, um, that's just that's just what it is. Oh, and it's just so great. Like the the you know, Lesser's lyrics. You know, luck be a lady tonight luck if you've ever been a lady to begin with luck be a lady tonight like yeah. the meter of it all and how it flows to the phrase and it's so simple but evokes such you know wonder like i Definitely. think guys and dolls is a hard one to beat it's very good it is very good but i just have so much reluctance of saying this is the best one <laughs> i've probably said it about four times in this podcast already yeah. but that's fine um one of the things i love about mm-hmm. luck be a lady is the I think I think what Luck Be a Lady has is the best um male ensemble backing vocal in any musical. Like roll will you roll will you what's the matter roll the dice coming out coming out coming out coming out <laughs> right ha like there's nothing better than that. There's That's nothing like some, have you there's better. a have you heard the cabaret song Alto's Lament? Yes, of course. That's like some Alto's Lament BS right there. <laughs> Completely. Com- it's just so funny because it means nothing coming nope. out. Like, yeah. what are you talking? Is this it's some weird? Is this should you have included this in your musical theater so gay <laughs> thing? Uh, like, I believe if you'll rewatch, you'll see that I did. Um, did you actually? <laughs> yes. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Like, but it's so it's so funny because what the hell is that about? Yeah. But it's great fun. It's It's wonderful. It sticks with you. I'll never forget that. They call you Lady Luck But there is room for doubt At times you have a very unladylike way Of running out You're on this date with me The pickings have been lush 
And yet before this evening is over, you might give me the brush. You might forget your manners. You might refuse to stay. And so the best that I can do is Look, little gentlemen, see how nice a girl you can be. I know the way you've treated other guys you've been with. Luck be a lady with me. You know, I think the the male chorus. I can't think of any other classic or contemporary musicals newsies probably newsies mm. is a close comparison that has like a full-on purely male chorus mm. uh, yeah i guess i get the only like jesus christ superstar yeah but it's not as like chorus you know what i mean it's right not, yeah that's that's a tough one i don't yeah. want to think about that this but is this is a big it's, problem it's a good one it's a great one it's a big problem with this show um it i think it would be an even more popular amdram production Except it is hugely guy heavy. Yeah. And you can't make that happen as often. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. It's a shame because. But that's just, I mean, that's just a musical theater thing. Like, yeah. That's just a problem. I think we've talked about this before, but it, it's great for the guys. You know, yep. the guys are lacking. Still great yep. for them. But this is a really good fun one. I have seen a lot of productions, particularly Amdram productions, mm-hmm. include like, you know, a girl in, with her hair in a bun, mm-hmm. <laughs> wearing a hat. That's very, yeah, um, exactly. Which is totally fine. Like, that's totally fine. That's you totally can fine. easily get away with that. And you just yeah. did it as well. And admittedly, like, if you are a girl in this show, you're either playing like a very stuck up religious lady right. or, you know, a, a whore. Or, yeah, um, a vamp. Exactly. <laughs> like, there's, there's not a lot of. W- <laughs> I would say while the male characters in the show have a lot of depth, the female characters in the show are about as shallow as you can probably get. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the two big female stereotypes, done. <laughs> done. Like, absolutely. It's so... But again, it's, it's a product of its time, isn't the it? The 50s, yeah. It's for better 50s. or for worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then again, let's talk about Adelaide, because... Uh. A, what a, a woman! <laughs> still a great role, absolutely. Like to be like, admittedly, well, you know, anyone else has no depth. Adelaide actually, I think, is quite well rounded. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, her lament, yeah, is I think uh, one of is a perfect female solo in yeah. musical theater. Yeah, like, like flawless. Ah, uh, it's it's a love. It's just the arc is right yep. there. The arc. I, that's the thing that gets me about so many of the songs in this show is they're so good at telling a story while also being a song. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah, think, yeah, that's such a good point, actually. Like Sondheim falls into this where he has some songs that are songs and some songs that are plot. And yeah. the plot songs are not the songs that Frank Sinatra covers later. And the song right. songs feel a little separate from the show. But all of the songs and or most of the songs in Guys and Dolls have a beginning, a middle, and an end. They mm-hmm. end somewhere different than where they start. But also, you could hear them on a pop record in the fifties and sixties. Yeah, definitely. Like that. Um, Adelaide's Amen yeah. is it's a perfect kind of like lounge song. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Even though it's not one of the ones she actually sings in the lounge bar, like. Yeah, it's, it is. It is, and you can imagine that it stands up at any cabaret. I mean, how many cabarets have you been to where someone does Adelaide's Men? Exactly, almost, right? almost as much as on my own. Like, yeah, it's and it's like the number one like female comedy song. Yep, female character song. You know, is in so many people's audition book. Rightly, rightly so. so. And yeah. this is a song from the fifties. Like, that's great. Yeah, that's really, like, really good. The longevity of this show, and even just in its structure like certainly they're not the the first to pioneer a love story ending in a marriage structure but yeah, there's a couple there's one a couple, or two <laughs> but the like the the beats they've set up the climactic arc they've set up how mm-hmm. you know we keep the stakes high and weave it in and out in 
what is actually a really fluffy and very inconsequential set of circumstances yeah is something that is has been mirrored in every musical since there there isn't an, there isn't another musical out there where you know you're like uh oh, will they actually get married yeah do you know what i mean where you actually really question that and i'm talking about that time period yeah because i feel like with adelaide and nathan mm-hmm. you know she's yeah. re- she really she m- makes them work <laughs> yeah absolutely like i think as as much as the you know man chases woman on a bet story trope is super chauvinistic and awful there's still especially for the 50s a lot of honest believability in this one that i think you don't see in hello dolly or oklahoma or other like classic golden oldie musicals in other words just from waiting around for that plain little band of gold a person can develop a cold you can spray her wherever you figure the streptococ I work. You can give her a shot for whatever she's got, but it just won't work. If she's tired of getting the fish eye from the hotel clerk, a person can develop a cold. Should we talk about the names that have made it through this show and the controversy oh that my follows. God. Yeah, like who ha- <laughs> uh, who hasn't been in Guys and Dolls nowadays? Yeah, well, obviously, let's start with the, the first biggins. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the movie ones. We got Frank Sinatra as Nathan Detroit, yeah, and Marlon Brando as Sky Masterson, and they Marlon Brando <laughs> they hated each other, or they at least hated each other. Frank Sinatra hated Marlon Brando. Hated Marlon Brando. I assume Marlon Brando would hate him right back. Yeah. Um, I just get that feeling. I mean, Frank Sinatra is much more a Nathan Detroit in my mind than Marlon Brando ever is. Yeah, yeah completely. And also, just Marlon Brando is Sky Masterson. Yeah. Like, you can't... I'm sorry, but... <laughs> like, it, there's no way. There's just no way that it could be of any, any other way. But Frank Sinatra was desperate, wasn't he? He was so, really... Well, he wanted to sing Luck Be a Lady. He wanted yep. to, you know, he wanted that role. And he got it later. If you watch Robin and the Seven Hoods, it's basically guys and dolls. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I was so surprised because this is, a, when obviously, doing the research for this was the first time I realized that mm. they hated each other. Yeah. Flat out. And what and... was the great quote that... um? Uh, Frank Sinatra says about Marlon Brando. Oh man, yeah. Um, doesn't he? Doesn't he call him Mumbles? I love it. That's <laughs> wonderful. It the like, a, I love me some old Frankie Mumbles. Marlon Mumbles. He is, and you know, God love him. He just struggles his way through some of those songs. I mean, yeah, but it's Marlon Brando. <laughs> that, that's literally why they cast him. They cast him because. People like you say things like, but it's Marlon Brand. But it's Marlon. I know, but he's so... Again, I've said this before. I come across like such a little whatever, but he's really attractive again. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, but I think he does a great job in the film. I think he does. I think they both... Everyone does a fabulous job in the film. Although yeah. the film is a good 20 minutes longer than I want it to be. It's not like it's it's not my favorite film. I've seen it once and I wasn't hugely compelled to watch it again. Yeah. I'd rather it, see the stage show. I'd um, rather see the stage show show too. It's good for the numbers. It's good to see, you know, Frank and Marlon. It is interesting um because so the Guys and the Dolls played for like 3 years on Broadway, 1950 to 1953. The film came out in 1955. Yeah. And so it's a really good like a the original choreography, all of the crapshooters dance is the original yeah. stage choreography, which is something you don't, you know, I would say in some, like West Side Story has a lot of original stage stuff. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Also, Marla Monroe. <laughs> really? She was, she was supposed to be Adelaide, or I think she wanted to be Adelaide. <laughs> That's like, right? to me, that sounds like um, Elvis wanting to play Birdie in Bye Bye Birdie. Like... <laughs> <laughs> you you shouldn't play something that is a parody of yourself. I know because I know you're be weird asking me. for trouble. I mean, like in many, because I was thinking if um, I was like, well, Marlon Brando, he's a gangster, but Godfather hadn't happened yet. So, <laughs> yep. <anyway. laughs> and uh, Grace Kelly, mm-hmm. she was supposed to be Sarah Brown. I read about that. Yeah, yeah. 
like everyone everyone i mean there these are like at the people already knew these were classic characters these were characters you wanted to get under your belt i mean famously nathan lane his stage name is nathan because of nathan detroit right i hadn't i honestly didn't know that but that is, is so cool isn't it isn't that wonderful and Did then he, because so when he played it in 1992 yeah, it I was like a Nathan Nathan Lane was working before nineteen ninety two. Oh yeah. Though. It was like a dream come true for him to finally get to play that's this role on Broadway. And man, he knocks it out of the park. Yeah, like that's perfect, perfect casting. Oh yeah. All right. Like, he he is absolutely. my my favorite Nathan Detroit, bar none. Yeah. yeah. In um in Sumi, in his version with Faith Prince, there's one part where they hit the dissonance on all right already. And instead of going on with the note, they hold it for like three seconds, and it's that Nathan line like ah, yeah, oh, it's amazing. Lawrence Olivier. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about Lawrence Olivier? So apparently, uh -huh. was like desperate uh -huh. to play Nathan. Really? Yeah, when it came to London, <laughs> desperate. But and he was in rehearsals, like he was in rehearsals for it. But then he fell really ill, and this was just before he died. Oh no! Um, how cr this is Lawrence? Yeah, Olivier. And I use this, this is the one that I pull out. This is my statistic. Mm -hmm. So when I, you know, I get the sass from serious actors who are uh -huh. like, "Yeah, but you can't act in a musical." And blah mm -hmm. blah. Um, I'm just like, yeah. Well, Lawrence Olivier wanted to play Nathan Detroit mm -hmm. in Guys and Dolls, mm -hmm. like get out you don't, you don't <laughs> you get more serious than that on. right exactly if you try and say that yes well Lawrence Olivier though doesn't know what he's talking about if you try and say that <laughs> you, you, you instantly get kicked off the planet um and you can't get more of a musical than guys and dolls no no so that's crazy I had no idea about there that there you go yeah yeah national theater but it's quite sad that he didn't because imagine like if he did mm -hmm. that would be great because yeah. people again wouldn't be you know, wouldn't be questioning anything. Yeah. I guess in a similar way with Marlon Brando, because yeah. that was this was his first musical. This was his first musical. He was a serious, serious movie actor. He didn't do any after, though, did he? I find that unsurprising. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I, again, like, I, we're kind of slide Christian Bale last week. Yeah. Um, I think I think he does a fine job. Mm -hmm. He does a fine job. He does a fine and, like, job. Yeah, his dancing was a lot better than Christian Bale's was. His, da his dancing's pretty good for someone who I think is not a trained dancer. Yeah, oh god, not in any way. Yeah. In, I mean, he obviously would have done physical stuff. Right. With exactly. It, with serious acting. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think yeah. he would have danced. And it's great, he sells it. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Serve a paper and sue me. Sue me. What can you do me? I love you. Thank you. Give a holler and hate me. Hate me. Go ahead, hate me. When I you love you. Wind up in jail. Don't come to me to bail you. All right. Already. So call a policeman. All right, already. It's true. So new. So sue me. Sue me. What can you do me? I love you. You're at it again. You're running the game. I'm not gonna play second fiddle to that. And I'm sick and I'm tired of strolling around. I'm telling you now that we're through. When I think of the time gone by, and I think of the way I tried. I could honestly die. Sue me. Sue me. Shoot bullets through me. I love you. Speaking of names, have you heard the rumors? 
the rumors i i would just die there's rumors that they're doing a new movie version of guys and dolls in 2016 2017 starring maybe channing tatum and joseph gordon levitt (laughs) i mean right okay so great casting oh perfect so wonderful i would love it (laughs) absolutely um Funny, we've not really heard much about. That, I know. I'd love to hear it lo- this year. I'd love uh, to. Well, that's just you know what I saw in the rumor mill article. Who yeah. knows? I I can't see that happening. Certainly not with them. You don't think so? I don't. I don't. Um, Did you see? Have you seen Channing Tatum tap dancing as a sailor in that oh, Coen yeah. Brothers movie? I I'm not saying that. Ne- I think, like I say, it is perfect casting, especially yeah. nowadays. Like yeah, in I um. Like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, ha ha ha. Right. Um, <laughs> but he's, you know, I read his um, "Ask Me Anything" on Reddit recently. Uh-huh. I don't think he's in a like. I want to do a musical position right now. Oh, that's unfortunate. I know, but maybe, maybe it'll be one of those. It might be the Wicked the movie. Yeah, and it will. We'll see it in like 2050. It'll be in <laughs> in in production in perpetuity. Exactly. <laughs> um, but to be honest, I'm totally ready for another film of it. Mm-hmm. Oh it yeah, films very well. It films so well. Films very very well. I think you know using the kind of great flashy, almost like I would want to see it in like uh, producer's style. Yeah, that you know, kind like of high color, still kind of stagey. Yeah, totally. I think that would be really great. But I think what it would need is it would mm-hmm. need a good production to be based on. Yeah, because that I guess was one of the main successes of the original film. Mm-hmm. Is they is had this kind it of come straight from the Broadway, from. yeah. So obviously, the most recent one I've got at the moment is the London one uh-huh. that's going on, which is like had like mixed to positive reviews. Okay. Um, so it's directed, choreographed by Carlos Acosta. Okay. So he is. Um, I've, I had seen him before doing like contemporary ballet. Okay. Um, and he was just just a dancer. I hadn't realized that. He did any any sort of theatrical stuff. Obviously, he's done choreography. Yeah, but, but like it's, it's musical theater. The, yeah, no, this is his this is his first oh. theater show. Well, good for um, him. Completely, and like I've seen little snippets and little clips, mm-hmm. and it's it's really interesting because there is it has a certain style, but it's not like we're not talking like a whole revamp here. It's not like what they did with Fiddler, where right. That's a good example. They've that's reimagined example. the choreography and like here's a new, fresh, interesting breath on this classic that you know so well. Yeah, exactly. But that's I mean I think that it's a great shout yeah. and a great way of kind of contemporizing it, adding this new flair on. The one thing I will say that annoys oh. me, uh-huh. uh it's opened itself up to some severe stunt casting. Oh no, who's in it? <sighs> Rebel Wilson. No, she Rebel can't Wilson sing. Rebel Wilson is playing Adelaide. She like, can't. She, she she can't sing. Like if Pitch Perfect has taught us anything, no, it, she can't sing. She's not in Pitch Perfect because she's a wonderful singer. No, that's like, disappointing. Um, I like it, Rebel Wilson. I I I I actually don't like. I I really try. I uh-huh. really really try. Uh huh. But I I just find her annoying, and I wish she'd show some diversity between her films. Like yeah. I wish there'd just be an a slightest hint of characterization, mm-hmm. but she just walks on and plays Rebel Wilson, and that annoys me because, yeah, it works, and yeah, it's funny, and yeah, it's easy to write for Rebel Wilson. Yeah, but you're a one trick pony, and but you're literally just playing yourself. And uh, as as you know, a really serious actor myself, um, <laughs> I find that very annoying because she's not she's not putting in any craft. Right. And I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of stick from people who love Rebel Wilson and Rebel if you're listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, like, you say it yourself that you're, you know, she says herself that she's not an actor. And that annoys me. That's actually something that annoys me a lot. I'm going to go yeah. on a little rant. Okay. Um, I'm excited. Like, I was listening to. Have you ever listened to My Dad Wrote a Porno? I've been. I'm on, like, episode 12 or something. Excellent. Excellent. Fantastic podcast. Go listen to it. Um, but if, you're, had... if you're old enough. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's eighteen plus. So, um, but it ha- they had Daisy Daisy Ridley on recently. Doing oh, really? Like one of their footnotes things. Yeah. Um, and she she was talking the same as Jennifer Lawrence does. And she's just like, oh yeah, I've got no idea what I'm doing. I just go on. I just do it. And I'm like, stop boasting yeah, about that. Like, no. please stop boasting about that because you're in this amazing position, right. right? You're in this fantastic position. Yeah. 
and yet you're just being like, yeah, this is a piece of pish. What like, you just walk on and just clearly, do it. clearly, you do know what you're doing, right? Even if you're not conscious about it, right? And so, if people ask you about your process, just say, like, if you have a process, just yeah. say because there's no, there's no one who just walks, especially someone like Jennifer Lawrence. And again, really annoys me because I, I really respect her and I think she's a great actress. Mm-hmm. And because she's a good actress, not yeah. because she walks on and plays Jennifer Lawrence, right? Like. She she has shown diversity yeah. in her characterization. So therefore, you are a good actor. How yeah. are you, I just it just bugs me because it downplays the the job. Yeah, you know the I mean? work. It makes it seem less like a craft and more of like a god given right. talent. Right. And people devote their lives to this kind of thing. Yeah. And what what a waste. And it's like, it's really off putting to anyone who is an acting student who's like working their butt off uh-huh. to learn how to do this thing. When the professionals yeah. are like, yeah, you, you just, you just do it. it. You just and whatever. It's like these people, especially Daisy Ridley, Jennifer Lawrence, like people are really looking up to them. Yeah. And for them to just turn around and be like, I got no idea. I got no yeah. idea. If I was at drama school paying thousands and thousands of pounds being like, well, well, why am I doing this? Why yeah. don't I just walk in? Like, yeah. how did you get this? I should be playing this. I'm working. I know it, it really bugs me. Yeah. Anyway, um, Rebel Wilson <laughs> So what she's doing that I don't really like uh-huh. um, is being in the show. Is, is existing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'd, I'd be interested to know if anyone out there has seen it and seen mm-hmm. her specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, I've got inside information. One of my friends is an usher, oh. and so it's so seen her in it, um, and he let me know. I think it was like one of her first days. Uh huh. Um, also, she was unrehearsed, and she boasted about that as well. And I'm like, shut up. Anyway, uh, it was one of her first days, and uh-huh. she, what she's doing is she's doing loads of like improvs and like uh, oh, asides no. and things oh, like that. No, 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 um, no, 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 no. Right, which is putting all the other actors off and making them corpse. I'm sure. And it's just her improvs don't make any sense. Like she was one of the ones that she talked about, where she was like, um, "I'm getting married tonight, and he's getting chlamydia tonight." No, like what? what is that like it's not it's it's not that kind of show mate like it's it it blows my mind because i'm like what a waste like if i was the director i would just be sitting with my head in my hands like i have sold out yeah do you know what i mean <laughs> i have sold that's so painful like it's you, it doesn't need improvement <laughs> right it's and nothing, the test of time and nothing like, you're gonna make up on the spot is gonna be better than what's in the show exactly like it's not like because you know you get those moments um if you're doing like a really long dance break and so mm-hmm. you want to have a couple of like go on hey you're doing it or so you yeah, know like little like, interjections that's but fine don't but, bring in chlamydia no like, it's that's just that's, inappropriate mate. that's anachronistic like, that's like against the theme of the show completely it's shock humor which is lame and cheap yeah no that's frustrating they are really really annoying but like the critics love her (laughs) of course they do but what they're saying is oh she's adding in this extra contemporary flair to an old show or a dated show and like nah that nah no like, it doesn't it doesn't need it it doesn't need no. this extra contemporary flair no and she's not adding it in she's just being rebel wilson yeah she's just making it up <laughs> anyway anyway um that's, that's my chat about that but please tell me that i'm wrong everyone. Um, <laughs> well, i don't there, know if she's still doing it but should for a while there least. go there go our comp tickets to guys and dolls <sighs> oh no um <laughs> um but no like that might be the show that gets made into a movie maybe rebel wilson will star probably probably uh, now would you like it then would you be excited then i would be so conflicted if it's channing tatum joseph gordon levitt and rebel wilson Wilson. i like might put my fingers in my ears through parts of the movie i know the some of the best songs i love adelaide's club songs social and a peck yep oh well i love you a bushel and a peck, a bushel and a peck, and a hug around the neck, a hug around the neck, and a barrel and a heap, a barrel and a heap, and I'm talking in my sleep about you. About you. Oh, about you. My heart is leaping. I'm having trouble sleeping. Cause I love you. A bushel and a peck. You bet your pretty neck I do. Do little little, do little little, do little little. 
want to talk about uh-huh. the 1976 revival. Yeah. Which I didn't know existed until I started researching this show. I, I knew about this since after our Hello Dolly episode, actually. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. So in 1976, they revived Guys and Dolls mm-hmm. with an all-black cast. Yes. Which was a thing to do in the 70s. Yes. Hello Dolly, the, the Hello Dolly revival with Pearl Bailey happened in 1960. Uh, was it? I thought it was 60 still. 1967. There you go. And then, yeah, it, but it started the trend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Hello Dolly absolutely did. But it was also, what they didn't do for Hello Dolly is they updated the score. Mm-hmm. I find fascinating. So they made it kind of like this Motown style. Like this was like Motown's era. This was... Yeah. This is the time for peak, it. peak, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it's not on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it. I've literally, I have no there, idea. There is, at least from what I read, a cast album out there somewhere, but I couldn't find uh-huh. it in my research. Yeah, it's on Amazon for like $26. And that's $26. <laughs> that's a lot. Have. So there was a trend in the late 60s, early 70s to take what, for it's the wrong way to phrase it, but it's what it is. Take white musicals and cast them entirely with black actors. Yeah. Starting with Hello Dolly, we talked a little bit about a lot, of, a little bit about it on the Hello Dolly episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then continuing on with a couple different shows. In talking about it in the Hello Dolly episode, I purchased this book, Jimmy, which I recommend to anyone who's interested in the subject. Is it the Great White Ray? It's the Great White Way, Race in the Broadway Musical. The book that I have up here that I'm not going to reach and get. (laughs) By Warren Hoffman. And it's very interesting. The the whole book is a discussion of race and musical theater in every different subset. But there is a whole section on this Guys and Dolls production. And did you know it was very poorly received? Well, I've... From Amazon reviews, yes. So... (laughs) Beyond that, no. I have a quote here that I think encapsulates people's reactions pretty well. Okay. Um, and I wanted to hear what you think about this, because I think there's a lot of Amerocentrism in this. Mm-hmm. But this is a review of the 1976 production of Guys and Dolls from Howard Kissel. Right. Perhaps because no one made a firm decision about whether the show is still set in Times Square or further uptown, the sets have absolutely no flavor. One wonders if the show might have had more energy, more vitality, if it had been revised to reflect black reality. But who would have the nerve to revise such a wonderfully crafted book or so gorgeous a score? But they did revise the score. A little bit, but apparently right, not okay. too much. Oh, okay. And so this is the question. The, the author poses this also about Hello, Dolly 2. Because the, the elephant in the room is in the 50s or, you know, in whenever Hello, Dolly is set, the 30s or the 40s. Mm-hmm. The experience shown in these musicals was not the experience of black Americans. Right. You know, they they couldn't just walk into a barber shop. They yeah. couldn't just, you know, all these things. Yeah. And doing a show that overlooks all these issues is a huge mixed bag. On yeah. the one hand, you're creating wonderful opportunities for underserved black actors to play roles that they wouldn't normally be cast in in these big, mm-hmm. wonderful pieces of artwork. Mm-hmm. In another way, it's kind of like a reverse blackface, at least as posed in this book. That's a, right. that's a phrase they use. And, you know, it's, it's very controversial. The, the author goes back and forth between some, po- like the cast was very positive about their opportunity. Of course they were. But the critics were felt uncomfortable with the whole thing even black critics right wondered what this was saying about race race relations and is this a good thing or a bad thing and there is no there's no concrete answer it's it's a huge gray area yeah i i don't know i'm i'm finding it hard again to kind of look at it uh contextually mm-hmm. like i can understand why a lot of critics at that time would be like this isn't right or this feels awkward or this feels weird because it would be so new yeah do you know what i mean and it is it's a very much a glaring we are giving uh, this community an opportunity that they elsewise couldn't have mm-hmm. right which i have no problem with i yeah. have absolutely no problem with that and why the hell not i think that's fabulous absolutely right um but i can imagine at the time mm-hmm. 
because that isn't the done thing and because yeah. people weren't really ready to admit that there was an issue yeah and i'm not saying that all these critics are racist and don't mm-hmm. want black people on a stage right but by by having this production you are admitting that people were duped yeah and so that is awkward because then you don't want to admit that they were duped because right. it's just that kind of pride thing of right. like, I guess, but it doesn't happen. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, and it's it's the huge, like, this is why it's such a mixed bag. On the one hand, they talk about with Pro Bailey's um, Hello Dolly production. Uh-huh. Like, on the one hand, this is a fabulous thing because it is so normalizing in a bunch yeah. of ways to see, you know, someone who is Dolly Levi, d- person where, like, race really doesn't matter. Right. in a lot of character traits right. and they happen to be black in this particular production but on the other hand how and like i also think this is a false comparison but it is mm-hmm. something that a bunch of people raise how would people react to say an all-white production of the whiz yeah but then so what i always say about this is it's the kind of like black lives matter slash all lives matter thing exactly it's like there, there doesn't need to be an all-white production of the whiz because we've got fifty thousand all-white productions of things that we can do exactly right there aren't nearly enough all yeah. black productions of things. So I just shut like I see those people like, shut up because it's it's not in my head it's not an argument. Like, exactly. It's to me, I just find it so baffling that anyone would write like Oh, it's so nice and normalizing that these people will get to do these things. Exactly. Like what the, what the F is that? Yeah, it 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 implies and assumes so many offensive racist things. Absolutely, absolutely. There is no singular reason why a black man couldn't play Nathan Detroit. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no reason on this planet Earth. It, it blows my mind. It, a bit the fact the fact that is Tommy like it's still an issue. It's still an issue. It's still I an mean, issue. These, what is that? Yeah, like we, you know. People would have similar reactions if they did an all-black production of Guys and Dolls today. today. Because it's making a point. Yeah. Well, goddamn, so it should be. Like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, ridiculous. It, yeah. It's one of those, it, there's, there's, there's definite sides to the coin, because mm-hmm. there are moments in there are shows where race is one of the issues right. that it's dealing with, so mm-hmm. you want to honour it then. Yeah. But there are a myriad of shows where where it doesn't matter. It, it just doesn't matter. Especially doesn't high matter. on the list, guys and dolls. Exactly. And as I laughed at those passengers to heaven, <laughs> a great big wave came and washed me overboard. And as I sank and I hollered, someone saved me. That's the moment I woke up. Thank the Lord. Thank the Said to myself, sit down, sit down, you're rocking the boat. Said to myself, sit down, sit down, you're rocking the boat. And the devil will drag you under, and the soul so heavy you'd never float. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, you're rocking the boat. Try to end on like a high note and not around yeah. about race. Yeah. Um, what I love about our podcast, I was saying this to my friend Julian the other day. Uh huh. Like, as much as we're a musical theatre podcast, uh-huh. we've, t- we've talked about social issues in every <laughs> single episode. It's like, true. Well, this is this is the thing. Musical theatre is a cause for change and a cause for social commentary. Completely, and in such a good way. Yeah. You know I mean, because you're looking at it through songs. I mean, you even. You know what? What have we talked about so far? Race relations, chauvinistic, yeah, you know, male-female feminism dynamic in guys and dolls, uh, history, like yeah, about about guys and dolls, like literally guys and dolls, <laughs> the the fluffy the white bread of musicals, exactly. Yeah. Um, so there it's, you go. It's, it's everywhere you look. 
it's revolutionary. It's another one. <laughs> it's another revolutionary one. Guys and Dolls, the revolutionary new American musical. What what musical isn't revolutionary, really? <laughs> you know, at uh, its heart. There are a couple. <laughs> one or two. Um, which we'll get to in about five years' time. <laughs> because we only deal with hugely political <laughs> podcasts. Um, by the way, you've written uh-huh. in the notes, it uh-huh. would have won the Pulitzer, but didn't, because communism... <laughs> Oh man, literally because communism. Did you know this? No. What? <laughs> so, Guys and Dolls was selected as the winner of the 1951 Pulitzer Prize. Mm-hmm. They said it won, but Abe Burroughs, the book writer, was under investigation with the House Un American Activities Committee. Wow. And so the Pulitzer trustees vetoed the selection and they didn't award a Pulitzer for drama that year. Oh my goodness. Yeah, literally because communism. So was this the year when everyone was being, like all of Hollywood was being investigated? This was the and... time. This was the Red Scare. This was See? this is that, that point in history. If Gosh. you've ever read The Crucible with any teacher who knows there's their two cents, yep. that's that's this time. Right, okay. Very, I didn't realize that about Guys and Dolls. Poor Guys and Dolls. Guys and Dolls, affected by the Red Scare. Of all things. I know. Of all things. Guys and Dolls won the Pulitzer. Right? Like, it's, it, it basically did. I mean, yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> the other thing, clearly, you know, everyone was crazy at this point. Right. But taking away the Pulitzer, you are implying and assuming that Abe Burroughs has hidden secret communist messages inside the book of Guys and Dolls. Literally. It must, it must be in Take Back Your Mink. <laughs> take back your mink take back your minsk russia <laughs> communism right it's, that's blatant it's like a show 100 percent about capitalism it's purchasing right, exactly. things it's gambling it's, literally money, it's money, like money 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 <laughs> they go to cuba I they don't go know, to cuba's got something to do with communism doesn't it your, your, the opposite um, of that. your your political astuteness astounds me on a constant basis. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so Guys and Dolls. Guys and Dolls, a nice, uplifting, happy show. <laughs> the most political <laughs> and topical musical of all time. Our quiz question for next week. Mm. You ready for this? I'm so ready. The title song of this musical is Heidi Blickenstaff's go-to cleaning song. Heidi Blickenstaff of Something Rotting and, and Title of Show and Adam Family fame. Uh, absolutely. Mostly Title of Show. Mostly and really the best. Really. Let's um, be honest. How interesting. I know. What could it be? How do you know Heidi Blickenstaff's cleaning song? Uh, because she cleans my apartment. I see. It's like her like downtime gig. It's her, it's her side job. That's fine. We, we all have them. We all have them. <laughs> um, hey, uh, go over to iTunes if you're listening. And give us a little star rating. Write yeah. some words. Be we're gonna keep, positive or We're going to keep asking you until you do it. L- literally. <laughs> and I'm, I'm watching. I'm seeing. Yeah. He's right behind you. Um, <laughs> if you, <laughs> you want to get in contact uh, with either of us, uh, I'm at Musical Mash on Twitter. And uh, I'm Musical Theater Mash on YouTube. And I am Asin Hendrix on Twitter. And Asin Hendrix on YouTube. And I've got a new video up. So go watch it. Sorry to plug. You, d- you don't need the subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can also go to our website, jimandtomic.com. It has a link to the Reddit discussion and show notes and other fun things. Yeah. And let your friends know all about us. All about us. Our oh, most everything. intimate details. Yeah. I mean, you know them all by now. I wear a size nine and a half shoe. Uh, is that all? Uh, different sizes in UK and the US. Okay. What is that? Is that? Uh, but is it not smaller? Like, I think I, your sizes oh. are bigger. So that means you're literally eight and a half over here. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> Oh, it's, I just fall down a lot. Little um, tiny feet. That's what they call it. Because of my because of my tiny. Uh, tiny I'm feet told tiny. I'm told that a size nine and a half in the U.S. is a size forty. In the oh no, it, it's that's bigger. UK nine point five U.S. size is seven and a half U.K. size. Oh my god, there's a rule. No, I w- no, that's what I was saying. You're oh, that is what you're small. saying. Yeah. I was never very good at math. So I'm I'm a size eleven in U.K. Wait, size. You're also like twelve feet tall. Hey, twelve and a half. We'll see y'all next Wednesday. Bye!
Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Ha ha ha. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.